Today, you are going to be hearing a sermon from one of our ministers here on staff. We hope this word blesses you, and remember that we love and appreciate your time here. Now, let's hear what the Lord has for you today. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, man. It's good to be in a, in a house of God that is alive. Amen. One thing I do know is that it makes the devil and the enemy and all his forces very nervous when the people of God shout and praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Turn around, greet your neighbor, and go ahead and have a seat this evening. I want to welcome those who've tuned in this evening to watch us live on stream. And if you want to like and share, send it to somebody, amen, somebody who's probably on their lunch break right now, and let them know that, you know, uh, I, I want to uh, share my church with you, amen. And if you're watching us, send us a thumbs up, a hand, or let us know that you're with us, amen. It's good to see the people come out tonight on a Thursday night, the, the, the radical crew, amen. Sunday wasn't enough for you. you. You showed back up on Thursday, hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, this evening, I have the pleasure, I want to thank my pastor for giving me the opportunity to minister tonight. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of uh, James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Amen. Phil is a little excited out there. He's got like 15 days left. Hallelujah. Before he... <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I want to start it off first with a little story. There was this uh, young man. He went to go visit his grandparents. And uh, he shows up, and his grandfather uh, uh, greets him at the door, and his grandfather uh, reached, you know, the grandma's in the kitchen cooking, and he says, uh, honey, he says, uh, Joseph's here. Uh, she says, okay, I'll be there in a minute. Honey, bunny, when you get a chance, can you bring us some tea? And, and she says, yes. He says, thank you, mi amor. Sugar plum is during... Dinner almost ready. She said, yes, soon. Thank you, Snookums. He leans over to his father and says, Papa, he goes, you've been married for 70 years, and you talk like you're newlyweds. He says, what's the secret? He says, Mijo, can you keep a secret? Says, I forgot her name like two years ago, so I just have to. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's kind of like how we do it when we forget your name. You're all, it, brother is always good. Hey, sister, nice to see you. Brother is good to see you. Amen. <laughs> James chapter 1, verse is 2 through 4. Tonight I want to minister on a, a subject. Uh, last week when Pastor Sandoval was ministering, twice I heard the, the Holy Spirit speak to me and I just like I said oftentimes I'll just get a title and then I'll take that title and I'll, I'll take it to prayer and I'll go with it and I'll research it into that and, and, and twice as, as he was ministering I heard the word purpose of pain purpose of pain there's a reason why you and I are going through things that we go through and James points it out in James chapter 1 verse 2 it reads this it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. 
Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, say mature, and complete, not lacking anything. Pray with me tonight. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Father, I come, Lord God, in your presence, Lord God, and I just, Lord, ask that you would move tonight, Lord. Father, I come against any distractions that the enemy might have in place, that they are canceled right now, any distractions. Devil, you have no authority in this house. We are here to serve the almighty God. And Father, I pray, Lord God, that hearts are receptive. Father God, that your word, Lord, fall on good ground, God. Father, I'm giving you all the glory and all the praise, Lord. I step aside, Lord. Let no flesh glory in your presence tonight. Father, I pray this, Lord, in your son's blessed name. Amen. Amen. You know, in Christianity, we must understand that there are going to be dark moments. You will experience these things. You know, oftentimes as you search uh, the YouTubes or you search uh, the the Christian channels, you'll hear a lot of prosperity preaching. And prosperity preaching in scriptures and devotionals, they have their place in Christianity. And lots of times is what we do is we gravitate towards that because we want to hear all the positive things that are in store for us. And that's good. But in the dark moments that you and I will face oftentimes, you must understand that it's not always going to be a prosperity smooth sailing. We will experience pain. We will experience setbacks. Prayers that you've been praying for and they didn't happen the way you thought they would or the way you professed it. Maybe it's a relationship that is causing you pain or a family member is unable to get a handle on life. And that oftentimes wears on us as the loved ones. Because I, as, 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 as a family, you know, I, I, see, I see my family members and sometimes I see them going down a road that's not pleasant. And, and, and I have to think to myself, man, if they only knew if they would only trust in God, if they would only cry out to Jesus, their pain would be less. See, in going through those times of trials and tribulations and bearing the pain, you will experience it, but the thing that is always assuring to me is that I know that I'm not alone. You and I have a God who will be by our side. Even though you do not feel it, even though you don't feel the presence of God, you must understand that in his word, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Maybe your pain has to do with your faith. You ask yourself, why is God silent? God is absent. God is not answering my prayers He's not reaching out to me. I, I, I feel like I'm in a, in a boat that's just sailing out adrift and there's no current, there's nothing, but it's just sailing. And pain on some levels always will be ever present in our life. It's, it, it's, not, it, it's, it's unavoidable. If I could use that word, unavoidable. It, it, you will have moments where you know, man, God, it's, it, everything is going good. Boom, and then you'll get that curveball. You didn't expect it. A sickness came on or you received a report or you heard some news or you know what, uh, uh, something that, that where you feel just like the rug was just pulled out from under you. 
And you think sometimes, man, God, this has to be you. It's, it, it's perfect. This, this, is, this is a God thing right here, and it doesn't happen that way. And so we question these things. We question our faith. We question our motives on why we do it. God, is it, is it, is it something that, you know what, I did wrong? Am I in sin? Are you, so we, we start to examine ourselves, and we start to think, did I do something wrong? But what I want to convey tonight is, is that in your pain, there is always a purpose behind it. God is always up to something. God is always doing something. God is moving. Even, even when we don't see the hand of God moving, God is doing something. Pain, on some levels, will always be ever-present in our life. In our text, John, he points out a few things. And today I want to discuss the purpose of that pain. James starts his letter out to this early church with a reminder about several things, areas to cover. He says to the church, he says, consider it pure joy. Now, if I'm not alone, I'm not very amped to count it pure joy when I'm going through it. Who here is with me? When you're going through the fire, the last thing you want to do is count it all joy. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. You ever have those moments where maybe you're backing up your car and you hit somebody? And you're like, oh, man, I, I, man, I just got my insurance. <sighs> count it all joy. It's not easy. It's not easy. And you always have that individual who sees you going through something and wants to encourage you to count it all joy. And you just like want to slap the taste out of their mouth. Hold your patience. So he says, consider pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. See, the first thing I want to bring out tonight is, is that in your pain, you will discover your strength. You will discover your strength. You will discover who you are. Because you've been talking the talk, now it's time to walk the walk. Now it's time that, you know what, boots on the ground. Now it's time that all those, all those words of encouragement, all those words of, 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 of discipline that you spoke, all those areas in your life that God has pointed out to you, now it is time for you to activate it. You and I have been called to war. I know sometimes we don't want to think of it. Sometimes we, don't, we want to avoid it because I, I, if you're like me, I, I try to avoid pain if all possible. Well, all possible, but you must understand because you have an enemy, you must combat first. You must strike first. And the way you do so is that you stand on the will of God, you stay in prayer, you stay in your word, and you stand on the words that God has given you, and then you're able to benefit from that. So you discover your own strength. See, when James talks about the trials of life, he's describing them as a test. How many like tests? Right? I mean, regardless, it took you three times at the DMV to pass the test. You knew you had to pass it. You could drive, but did you pass the test? So he describes it as a test. 
But not so God can see how strong you are. God already knows that. He knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. But pain is an opportunity not for God to see how strong you are, but for you to see how strong you are. Where you're at. Have you, you're you're going to have those moments where you know what, everything is just going to go wrong. And that is an opportunity for you to just to dig in. And dig in, say, you know what, devil, I'm not going to move. I am that man, you know what, I, I don't, I, I'm not agreeing with that report. I'm not going to agree with what they've said. I, I, you know what, I'm not going to let that fear overtake me. I'm going to stand on the word of God and I'm going to pass this test. I am going to make, make waves. I'm going I'm to do everything I can to stay focused on Jesus. Focus. Because sometimes it's so easy to lose our focus. It's so easy to take our eyes off of God and put him on our situations and say, you know, why me? Why me? One time I asked that question, why me? And I heard the Holy Spirit say, why not you? Why not you? You know, you've had some, you've had some moments where you've overtaken things. I, I, I thought I had a high tolerance of pain. You know it until I was reminded by my wife about childbirth. <laughs> Only you women know that. You know, when, when, when you, you, you could be in pain, man, but you know what? Sometimes you just got to just gut it and just walk. Just keep going forward. Not, not let this take you down. Not sit down feeling sorry for yourself. All these things will overtake you. They will overtake you if you let them. One person said this, he says, if you want to see how much weight you could bench press at the gym, the only way to find out that, that would be is to continue to put more weight on the bar until you discover your threshold, your limit. In the same way, pain is the only way to truly discover how strong you really are. And in Christ, you are much stronger than you think. See, some of you here this morning, or this evening, sorry, some of you here this evening have gone through some very heavy things these last several months, over the last year, over the last two years. I mean, I've had moments where I've just had to sit there and not say anything. And you know that the enemy will whisper to you that, you know what? And I just have to remind myself, I'm gonna go through this with or without but I would rather go through it with God because I know that that pain will not last forever because why? Joy comes in the morning. It's not always gonna be this bad. It's not always. You know what? Sometimes we need to remind ourselves of who we are. Who we are, we are children of the most high God. We We are called, we are separated. I mean, there is no greater time to live for Jesus in these, in these end times. Because we're seeing things unfold before us. I'm seeing the enemy rise up, but I'm seeing God's people rise up even stronger. I'm seeing the devil attack people, but I'm seeing the people of God come in full force. Because we have great weapons. We know the weapons that God has given us. The most powerful weapon that God has given you is his word and prayer. 
When people of God get on their knees, things happen. Changes, atmospheres change, dominions is settled. God starts to settle his place. When you walk into an environment, you bring the presence of God with you. But it's not going to come easy. It comes with a price. But see, that is the thing with Christianity today is they, they, we do not want to pay the price. We want instant Christianity. Everybody wants heaven. Nobody wants to die. We want fire, but nobody wants to be the wood. See, God is calling you and I to stand in these days. Stand when it's not so pleasant to stand. Be a voice when the voice of the, the people are being silenced. You could stand up and rise up and say, you know what, no. No, we stand for righteousness. In this house, we serve God. In this church, in this environment, be at your workplace. I remember when I first became a Christian. Man, they, they tortured me. I was an inspector on the graveyard shift. And I remember I used to have to have the, the, the sanitation crew break down all the machines because it was in the food industry. And I used to have them break it down. And they, man, they, they were just always, I was just always finding things wrong. And I always thought to myself, would you eat this? So I would make them break it down and clean it right. So man, there was times where I, I remember one time I went to the break room like about three in the morning. And I remember I just laid out on the bench and I fell asleep. Well, the next day, there was pictures of me taken with a Polaroid with dirty magazines all over my chest. And they posted them all over the plant. But I love Holy Ghost women, grandmas. I remember this one lady, she was from Guerrero, Mexico. And she went up to these guys and their crew and she says, I know this kid. He's a young kid and he serves God. Whoever's responsible for this, you go around this whole plant and you take down every one of these pictures and whoever's runs, if you're man enough, you'll apologize. And I remember, man, I just felt so, I, I, at first I was like, man, I, I, I was trying to like explain myself. I was going around trying to take them all down myself. And then she stepped in and then other women started stepping in and all these other people started stepping in. They say, no, nah, no, nah, this guy's a Christian. This guy serves God. This is not him. He's, he's not this, this foul, foul person that you guys are portraying him to be. See, when you stand for Jesus and you're a true Christian and you're a believer, people will, will acknowledge that. See, we're looking for real these days. We're not looking for, for this, you know, wishy-washy, you, know, uh, you know what, a Christian one day uh, at the club the next day. No, people are looking for something genuine that they could focus on and say, that's an individual because when they're hurting, you're the person that they're going to come to for prayer. You're the person that they're going to come to and say, when they're ready to give their heart to Jesus, you're that individual. But if you're a strong Christian, if you're a strong believer in Christ, you're that going to be that person, that person of character. So, in all that, your faith will be tested. One person said, faith not tested is faith not to be trusted. How does this take place? In 1 Peter 1.7, it said that the genuous genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes 
though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. See, part of the test is the fire. See, when someone's having a very, man, you know what, a, 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 one of those days, welcome to the fire. Welcome to the fire. Because the fire purifies you. It, it, it burns things off. In making a, 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 a metal a sword or a spear point, you would stick it in the fire. And when you take it out of the fire, there's like this layer of crust at the top and you take your wire brush over it and you take your hammer and you take it to the anvil and you start to pound it and you start to shape it. And every time you stick it into the fire, it gets a little stronger and a little stronger. Before you know it, you could take your, your knife and you could stick it in the oil and when you take it off and you run your file across it, you'll hear a certain sound. There's a sound that comes out of this, this hardened metal that has been forged in the fire. See, when you come out of the fire, there's a sound that comes out of you. There's a sound that's coming off of your lips where you're beginning to praise God. You're beginning to glorify God. You're beginning to lift up the name of Jesus. Man, you know what? Uh, so what if, uh, you know what? Uh, I was given a 90-day slip of, 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 of my job is gonna be God. So what if this is taking place because those things are only temporal. God is gonna give you a better job. God is gonna do something greater in your life. God is gonna open a door that's been shut for so long and when you walk through that door, you're gonna know it had to be God. God. It had to be. So you got the praises off of your lips. See, these trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire, test and purifies gold. Have you ever seen gold purified? I've seen silver purified. And this is what I do know that when the, the silversmith is purifying the, the precious metals, he knows it's done when he can see his reflection in it. When Jesus can see his reflection in you, you're in a good spot. You're in a good spot. Something's taking place. You're growing. You're growing and, there's, and you're starting to realize and God is starting to reveal to you that there is a purpose for this pain. See, Joseph didn't deserve the pit. He didn't deserve to be sold into slavery. See, he had the mistake of telling his dream to people who were dream killers. He went to prison, accused of something that he did not do. He was a man of character. And he could have asked himself, why? I'm doing everything right. I'm serving God wholeheartedly. I'm doing all the things that are asked of me. I'm serving my master. Why? There was a purpose behind that pain. See, you and I are going to go through things. And I, and I say this. With, with, with all sincerity, we are now going to start facing different trials, different, different uh, 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 assignments from the enemy will start coming. Place. I don't, if, you're, if you're very in tune, you'll, you'll see what laws are being put in the books right now.
secretly that are trying to bring in uh, the 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 worldly methods, the the leftist uh, agendas, and, and trying to bring in and sneak it in in bills that are trying to pass where they start to, you know, give rights to the satanic cults, the churches, starting to allow different, uh, uh, in one school in Indiana that a, a, a satanic a leader was allowed to come in and teach the children about their religion. See, these are, these are opportunities for parents, grandparents, and people, just people who are, who are concerned for their neighbors to say, you know what, we need to stand up against this. We need to speak out on these things. You need to know what they are teaching your children. You need to know what your children are watching on TV so you could be a, a, a person who's aware of what is taking place. See, this next generation that is going to come will be under a greater attack. See, it's up to us as parents and grandparents and mentors to enlighten them, to stay with them, mentor them, teach them, pray with them, guide them in all the areas that they need guidance in. Because this generation is going to take the gospel farther than we could. This generation is going to reach, have opportunities that maybe we didn't have. We're in a digital age now. Things are changing. Very soon, you won't even be carrying money around, cash anymore. You're going to stores now, and you're going to see they have signs on there that say, we do not carry any cash, card only. So what does all that all mean? The times are changing, and that we must be alert. We must be aware of what is taking place. And do not allow the enemy to overtake you. Those are the areas what else does it do, the pain? It expands your endurance. When you're tested through the fire of pain, what's forged on the other side is perseverance and endurance. If you ever notice a marathon, anyone who's ever ran a marathon, they don't just wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to run 26.3 miles. You just don't. They start off with a quarter mile, a mile, three miles, five miles. They build their endurance. See, this is what's taking place right now. Paul says that we're in a race. That we're in a race. And, 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 and in one of, one of the books, if I'm not mistaken, in Corinthians, tells us to throw off the things that hold us down. Throw off all those things that would weigh us down from enduring in the race. So God has called us to persevere and endure. Pain will expand your endurance and gives you the ability to preserve, though even most difficult of circumstances. There is no easy way to build endurance. You simply have to endure something, and there is a purpose behind the pain. Like I said, oftentimes we avoid it. Man, if I start witnessing about Jesus and the enemy's going to start attacking and I'm going to have, man, you know what, it's probably not even worth it. You'll poke the bear, so to say. Because when you start doing anything for God, the enemy's not going to like it. He's not going to let you. Do nothing, he'll leave you alone. That I know. But when you start saying yes to God, and when you start taking a stand for Jesus in the workplace, in your school, in your, in your neighborhood, when you start to say, you know what, 
Devil, you're, you, you've had a hold over this family too long. Devil, I'm not gonna allow that. I'm gonna start cleaning house. I'm gonna start doing what God has called me to do. When you start to make that stand, the enemy will come after you. Boom! You ever been hit blindsided? Like, you weren't even expecting it. Like, boom, just got hit. The one thing that you must do is to be aware. Be aware, be alert. Bible says be vigilant. Because why our enemy, he walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You know, I like to watch the, the History Channel. And I was watching this one segment about the the water buffalo. And what it is is that the weakest one out of the herd will fall back. And so those that are younger and those strong, they're just going head on and running. And the lion will wait for that opportunity to jump on that weakness, weak one. And he'll take them. Enemy does the same thing. He says, okay, you know what? You're a little too tired to pray. Or you know what? You prayed the other day. Or you know what? You don't need to do this. And what happens is, is that one day turns into two, turn, two turns into three, five, and seven. Before you know it, you're weaker and you're weaker and you're weaker. And then temptation starts to come and you're not easily ready to shake it off. Oh, you know what? What's just one drink? Oh, what is just, you know what, this, and you know, oh, oh, I'm stronger in the Lord. You start to justify the things that you do and the decisions that you make. Because when we're disconnected from God, we make poor decisions. We make poor decisions, and Jesus is constantly telling us to stay connected. See, the the one thing about that you want to understand is, is that in the Bible, the word Christian is only mentioned three times. Jesus didn't call us to be Christians. Jesus called us to be followers, to be disciples. Over 300 times he says this. So what is it to be a disciple? It's to be a pupil. It's to be a learner. It's to be somebody who follows. See, we all want to say that we, you know, we're churchgoers, but are you followers of Christ? Are we people who say, you know what, the example that I live, I do the best that I can to mirror Christ. I want to serve God with all my heart. Serve God with all men. You know what, devil, I have, I, you, you have no authority over me. I serve God. Sometimes you need to get a little crazy in your mind and think and say it out loud. Maybe you're by yourself in your house and you're feeling tormented. Walk around your house and get some anointing oil and anoint your doors. Walk around your house. Look, at people are always coming to me. Oh, do you do this? Do you pray to the bear, pray to the eagle, pray to all these things? Look, I ain't got time for none of that. I don't burn sage. I don't do none of those things. I serve a mighty God. I serve the creator of the bear. I serve the creator of the eagle. And you know what? Yes, I'm proud of my heritage, but listen, I'm a Christian first. I'm a man of God first. My, my, My objective is to serve God with all my heart and to take as many people to heaven as I can. 
My, my goal is to say, you know what, devil, I'm going to come in to your territory and I'm going to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ and I'm going to preach Jesus and see Jesus set free. I'm going to see Jesus do what I've seen him do over and over again because God is a good God and God has set captives free, he has set the drug addict free, he's mended marriages, he's healed minds, he's placed us on a solid path. God is a good God. Can we give him some praise tonight? Another is that pain brings mature, maturity. Pain will mature you. When we persevere and it, work is finished, we are mature, and maturity helps you see the world differently. The definition of maturity is, is having reached the most advanced stage in a process. See, when we first come to Christ, there's a process. You know, God comes in, we come in. Some, some of, I've seen some people miraculously transform the instant they touch God. Man, you know what? God touched them, God delivered them. You know, I, I, my wife, one example, when she cried, she, she, she asked the Lord, if you are the God who my mother preaches and says you are, show me. And he touched her, delivered her on the spot. And you know what, I've seen people come in and I've seen them struggle a little, but as they got closer to God, these things started to fall off. And then that's the process that I'm speaking about. Having reached the most advanced stage in a process is to be mature. God has called us to be mature individuals. Our goal is development. One person said this, spiritual maturity isn't measured by how high you jump in praise, but, but how straight you walk in obedience. See, obedience is a big word because we don't like it. I mean, you ever see kids? They learn at a very early age to say no. No. I mean, my, my, my little grand boy, she, sometimes she could jibber jabber and you're trying to figure out what she's saying and her words are becoming more clear. But very early on, she, no, and I said no. She knew right clear. They learn that. That's, that's, that's born into us. It's, in, it's, you know, a kid, as we learn, no, no, I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not going to do that. Oh, disobedience. So God calls us to obedience. God calls us to obey his word, obey his, his commandments, obey what he is asking us to do. See, that's the hard part. Because sometimes we could act like we didn't hear it. Right? Who, who here besides me will admit to having selective hearing? Four of us. Come on. Four of us. Selective hearing. Like, oh, no. Yeah. I, you know, I remember, you know, sometimes they test you. You know, like, hey, um, you want to go in and you act like you don't hear? You know, I got a relative. He, you know, he's up there in, in years. And, uh, you know, you'd be talking to him and he act like, you know, he don't hear you, you know, but he could hear you. They could hear you. They would hear what you want. And, you know, the older we get, we could play that off, you know, like, oh, no, get, get, oh, you know. <laughs> the fourth and last thing, pain teaches us what pleasure never could. 
When James says that perseverance will lead to completeness, he's referring to a fuller scope and understanding of life that only pain can teach us. So the reason why we go through the things we do is to teach us, to mature us, so that we can be complete. It's a test. It's a test. See, we, we, we ask God, you know what, uh, your word says, Lord, in Hebrews, that faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. We know that. I have faith in Christ. Now it's going to be tested. Now it's going to go through the fire. Now you're going to see things. So that's why I say welcome to the fire. Because we have those moments, man, where it's like, because you ever see somebody that's going through the fire? And you just look at them. You don't even want to say nothing. You just say, man, Lord, help them. Give them strength to go through it, Father. Give them the strength, Lord God, to endure it, Lord God. Let them hear your voice, Lord God, through all the noise and the nonsense, God. Let them hear your still voice, that you are with them. You will carry them. You will never leave them nor forsake them. Let them hear that. Isaiah 30, 20, turn with me there. Chapter 30, verse 20, and it reads this. It says, and though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teacher will not hide himself anymore. But your eyes shall see your teacher and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. See, what I like about this passage from this version is is when you understand it, that you are in a test. How many here have ever in school remember taking a test? The teacher is always silent in a test. And most often, it's an open book test. Who here understands what I'm getting at? When you're in a test, your heavenly father, your teacher, he's being silent. And it's an open book. Open your word. And you will have the answers up to everything that you're going through, everything that you're enduring. That you know what? For centuries and centuries, the word of God will always be the best seller. Will always be the number one best seller. Because books will come and books will go. Classics will come and classics will go. But the word of God endures forever and ever. See, Romans 8, 18 says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. See, God's ready to reveal inside of you and I his glory, but it comes with a price. You remember when Jesus was speaking to the multitudes and he started to lay down what the cost was. And little by little, in their hearts, they started to determine that these were hard sayings that he was presenting to them. And they started to leave, and they started to leave. Because he wasn't the one that they thought. They were waiting for a king to overtake the Roman Empire. They didn't expect 
him to come on a donkey. See, Jesus came down in the form of a man, died on the cross for you and I. So you and I can have the opportunity at salvation. See, you're here tonight and you've questioned it. Do I need this now? This one person was trying to justify why they weren't ready to give their life to Christ. And they came up with the conclusion that they were too young. That when they were ready in their latter years that they would give that a thought. What I do know is that life is short and tomorrow is promised to none of us. If that's you here tonight and you've juggled the thought, should I, could I? Sometimes you just need to take a radical step of faith and say, you know what, God? If you are the God that your word says you are, change my life, change my heart. Tim Keller said, you don't really know Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. We will have dark moments. We will have moments where it's not pleasant to lift your hands. It's not, you don't want to sing. You don't want to smile. You don't want to greet anybody. But if you just hold on, if you just hold on, you will make it. You will make it. One person said that if all you have is to hold on to the hem of Jesus, hold on, hold on. The pain will pass and there's a purpose for it. God is teaching you, God is shaping you, God is developing your character. Can we stand tonight? Hallelujah. If we could just lift our hands up tonight and just give him praise. Begin to speak in your heavenly language and just love him. Just love him. Just love on him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your love and your grace, Lord God. Father, that one, Lord God, who hasn't decided, Lord, in their heart. Father, I pray that tonight, Lord God, that you made yourself known unto them in a greater way. You're here tonight, and you know what? You've, you've played with it thought about it, but yet you've yet to make that final decision to say, yes, I need to, I want to serve Jesus. If that's you here tonight, I want to just have you raise your hand. Maybe you're backslidden. Maybe you've strayed away and become a